Good afternoon and welcome to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors Land Use and Economic Development Committee. I'm Scott Weiner, the chairman of the committee. To my right is Supervisor Jane Kim, the committee vice chair. To my left is Supervisor Malia Cohen. Uh, our clerk is Andrea Osbury, and I want to thank SFGTV for broadcasting today's hearing, specifically Jonathan Gomwalk and Jesse Larson. Uh, Madam Clerk, are there any announcements? Yes. Please silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Completed speaker cards and copies of any documents to be included as part of the file should be submitted to the clerk. Items acted upon today will appear on the September 30th, 2014 Board of Supervisors agenda unless otherwise stated. Thank you. Madam Clerk, will you please call item number one? Item number one is an ordinance amending the planning code to authorize nighttime entertainment and uses greater than 25,000 square feet in western Soma. Uh, thank you. Uh, Supervisor Kim is the uh, lead author on item number one. I am a co-sponsor along with Supervisor Campos. Supervisor Kim. Thank you, Chair Weiner, and thank you, colleagues, for your consideration of this item. And, of course, thank you to Chair Weiner and to Supervisor Campos for your co-sponsorship. Um, this legislation, which was recommended recently by the Planning Commission, is a set of cleanup uh, legislation meant to honor the original intent of our Western Soma area plan um, to allow community uses while supporting um, a diverse mixed-use character um, in the Western Soma neighborhood um, in the community-driven Western Soma plan, which was passed last year. Um, and, of course, had gone through a seven-year process. Um, in this cleanup legislation, um, we made two primary changes. One um, is to allow um, elementary, secondary, school, and child care use in the RCD zone beyond the current 25,000 um, square foot use size restriction. Um, again, this use size restriction was put in place originally to ensure that we had a diversity of uses along two corridors where there is a lot of um, freeway and car traffic, um, and to make sure there was a diversity of ground floor activation. Um, however, um, in our original, um, in our discussions prior to planning the Western Soma plan, we had already considered um, a K through 8 um, school in this neighborhood. We certainly have a need um, for uh, elementary and secondary school in the Western Soma area. We only have one major public school serving this entire neighborhood, and we want to ensure that other schools can be in the site, in particular um, a pre-K through 8 Mandarin immersion program on um, Presidio Knowles that has already um, started their school um, on, on this corridor. We want to, to allow it to continue to grow. Um, secondly, um, the Western Soma plan um, both in, in the legislation and, of course, in the neighborhood, has been recognized as a place of cultural importance for our LGBT community. And we want to support the nightlife that recognizes um, this community and also provides jobs and entertainment to the city. It was our original intent to allow entertainment, um, but uh, there was a slight uh, kind of oversight where there was a parcel on 11th Street that had always originally been entertainment that we wanted to continue that use, um, but we had to put in some cleanup language to ensure that we could permit this. Um, in particular, this site, um, previously had the entertainment use as in, and is in keeping with the area. Um, I think it's so important for us to um, continue this work, at, especially the day after the 31st um, anniversary of the Folsom Street Fair. Um, from my understanding, the largest Folsom Street Fair um, that we've had to date. Um, I know I was there on Folsom Street, and it was great to see so many friends um, and diehard regulars. Um, and, I, and I heard that we topped the 40,000 um, average mark of visitors and participants. Maintaining and preserving the mixed-use character can be a challenge um, to the neighborhood as we see continued um, residential um, growth. And I want to thank the planning staff 
for their thoughtfulness in making sure that these changes were limited in scope and, in, and preserve the integrity of the plan, our intentions. I also want to thank um, Presidio Knowles School Community, as well as Jeff Benjamin, proprietor of Tranny Shack, for their, or T-Shack, for their continued outreach to the neighborhood and the community. And um, again, want to recognize <coughs> Anne-Marie Rogers of the Planning Department, who is here to give an overview of the legislation and to answer any questions if there are any. Thank you, Ms. Rogers. Uh, thank you. And Ms. Rogers, if you could hold one second, I also have some uh, opening remarks. Thank you, Supervisor Kim, for uh, moving forward with this important piece of uh, legislation to uh, correct a problem in the Western Soma uh, plan and to let uh, a nightlife use move forward where there, frankly, should be uh, nightlife. Um, I, uh, um, although I had a lot of respect for the work that um, Supervisor Kim and her office and members of the community did uh, in moving the Western Soma plan forward, um, I ultimately uh, did not uh, vote for that plan. It was a 10 to 1 vote, so obviously I uh, was uh, on the losing side on that one. Uh, because even though there was a lot of good and is a lot of good in the plan, in my view, uh, the plan was uh, not sufficiently supportive uh, of nightlife uh, in a neighborhood that historically has been one of the epicenters of nightlife and particularly LGBT nightlife uh, in our city. Um, uh, just to back up a little bit, uh, we know that nightlife in San Francisco is, uh, is uh, incredibly important. It is part of the cultural heart uh, of the city. It is what makes our city what it is in so many ways. Um, however, all too often, nightlife has been treated uh, as if it were simply a problem to be tolerated um, uh, or, or, or a, th a thorn in the side that we just have to deal with. And we know that that's not the case. And so one of the first things that I did when I took office in 2011 was to request that our city economists do an economic impact report on nightlife in San Francisco. And that report showed that nightlife is a $4.2 billion industry that employs uh, more than 50,000 people and generates over 50 million uh, tax dollars for San Francisco. And those 53,000 jobs, I think it is, those jobs are, uh, tend to be uh, jobs that are, are very accessible to people. You don't have to have an advanced degree. Um, they are middle class, working class uh, jobs uh, that are important for our city, for people of all ages, including young people. Um, one of the challenges that we've had uh, with nightlife in San Francisco is zoning. Uh, and I'm a believer in zoning, and there are areas where nightlife is appropriate and where uh, it's not appropriate. Uh, but we've seen that at times our zoning becomes so intensely restrictive that it makes it hard to uh, do nightlife, to have nightlife, even in areas where I think almost everyone would agree that nightlife should be. And this area is certainly one of those uh, areas where nightlife is completely appropriate and, and, and a very, very good and important uh, thing. Uh, I know that uh, Supervisor Kim and I went through a, a multi-year uh, voyage with Supervisor Campos as well around the Mission uh, District uh, alcohol controls, which had gotten so intensely uh, restrictive that it was undermining all sorts of uh, cultural uses, whether it was a bowling alley or the Roxy Theater or uh, art galleries and so forth. And we were able uh, finally uh, to address that. Um, and I'm glad that we are addressing this here uh, today. Um, as I said at the Planning Commission, uh, I, I, I know uh, who the proprietors are of this uh, 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 future um, of this future uh, endeavor at this site, and I think this is going to be a wonderful thing 
uh, for the community. Uh, I am, uh, I'm just, I think a lot of people have been uh, waiting with bated breath, uh, Heklina and Jeff and everyone else, for this project to be able to move forward. I know we spent a number of years trying to find a suitable site, and you all worked very, very hard, and it's challenging in this town to find a good site, and I think you found one, and uh, I'm glad that we're going to be able to make the necessary uh, zoning change. I want to thank Supervisor Kim and her staff for moving this forward. Uh, so with that, um, Ms. Rogers. Thank you very much, Supervisors. Amory Rogers, Planning Department staff. I think the legislation has been described very effectively. I want to say that it is a very uh, exciting, urban, and forward-looking neighborhood that welcomes both schools for young children as well as nighttime entertainment to their district. And the Commission uh, unanimously felt that this legislation would help further those goals and recommended approval with some modifications which were incorporated, so we thank the supervisor for that. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Rogers. Okay, if there are no other comments, uh, Supervisor Kim, and we open it up for public comment. Okay, uh, I have a few public comment cards. Um, uh, I'll, I'll call public comment cards. Thank you. Um, okay, uh, Heclina, uh, Megan Murray, um, Darcy Drollinger, Nancy. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Huma. Sorry. Um, Jeff Benjamin, Jim Miko, Dr. Alfonso Orsini. Come on. Heclina, come on up. Whichever order you want to go in. Hi. Hi, I'm Heclina. I'm sorry I'm not dressed up. Um, thank you. I just want to thank all the supervisors uh, for their support. And... Um, uh, we're all up here because we're all, you know, the partners. This is Darcy, Jeff, Jason, and um, I'm just really excited about the prospect of having a home base for entertainment. It's been my dream, and it's been my, you know, it's it's also my dream to to not just have a venue where we just crassly serve alcohol to people and kick them out into the curb, and but but actually provide a genuine product of entertainment and to keep San Francisco an entertainment and nightlife mecca. So I've been doing shows in San Francisco for almost 20 years, and I'm really, really so honored and thankful that you guys are helping me, helping us get our own venue to uh, provide this world-class entertainment. And I think we will be good neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to reiterate uh, to thank Supervisor Kim and uh, Supervisor Wiener, and particularly April in your office. Uh, Supervisor Kim was incredibly helpful. Um, you know, I, and, and uh, uh, Supervisor Wiener, I really want to uh, appreciate your acknowledging how difficult it is, this process, and Supervisor Kim, how, how challenging it can be to open up a new venue and how brave we have to be to sort of launch in that. And, but your support has been really uh, helpful and meaningful to us. Um, I want to also announce that we closed on the building today in conjunction with this meeting. So I just got that message. Thank you. Next speaker, or are you all going to? Does that mean shut up? When, you, when, you hear that? <laughs> when, uh, when, the, when the loud bell goes off. <laughs> okay. Oh, we need the hook. Yeah. The golden hook. Um, my name is Meg Murray. I'm a, a SOMA resident, a business consulting professional, an artist, and a performer here in the city. Um, I've come here today to speak in favor of the pro proposed zoning change, and uh, I am very uh, excited for the support that you guys have given. Um, 
This well-intended but unnecessary zoning control has negative ramifications that need to be rectified, and we've heard that already. Uh, outside of the Castro, historically queer venues are vanishing rapidly, and here we have a chance to create something inclusive, iconic, and meaningful within an already existing entertainment corridor. 11th Street is a vibrant, well-organized area that should include the OASIS site. This buffer inclusion was designed um, in fear of potential residential conflicts and grandfathering in the existing 11th Street venues. The exclusion of the OASIS site in that grandfathering is too broad a zoning control that instead puts property at risk for something like housing development, which is, doesn't make any sense at all. With this zoning change, the ownership and stewardship of this site is placed into the hands of citizens who have helped make this district what it is a thriving group of small businesses who bring revenue, arts, culture, and a healthy human vibe to this city. They are good neighbors and savvy business people. So let's make this change and bring the site to life again. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Hi, I'm Nancy Hume, stage name Nancy French, um, because it is hard to- Sorry for missing Exactly, that's why I have that. So thank you, supervisors. Um, I've lived in San Francisco since 1993. I'm a graphic designer, actor, with some of these lovely people, and an event producer. I'm also here representing at least a dozen friends and family members who live within blocks of the Oasis Club, people who could not take time away from their jobs to be at this hearing, but have asked me to speak on their behalf today, including my brother, who lives at Folsom and 11th, and a friend who owns a condo right across the street from the DNA, and just a lot of other people who live right in that zone of West Soma. I moved to San Francisco 21 years ago because it provided space and resources for performing artists and the LGBT community. San Francisco is going through another period of change, and the jobs created by the booming tech sector have attracted a lot of new residents, putting pressure on the neighborhood establishments that define the culture in this zone in question. Part of what attracts residents to San Francisco and the Soma District in particular is the vibrant art and entertainment being offered and created here, but ironically these residents are also sometimes the factor in the artists and creative spaces losing their homes. I've worked at many venues and theaters in the Soma District, and we've built an inclusive community that contributes to the spirit of the city and its diversity. This club stands to become a much needed permanent venue for local and visiting performing artists. I feel it's important to stabilize the arts right now in San Francisco, and there's strong support among the neighbors and local residents supporting this club to preserve the thriving cultural sector we've long supported. Residents in close proximity of this club live here because of the energy provided, not in spite of it. I'm grateful that I get to live in a place and work with these people who are driven to make this a reality. Without them, San Francisco would just not be San Francisco. So thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Miko. Thank you, Supervisors. Jim Miko. So many lies have been spoken about the Western Selma Community Plan with regard to entertainment that I think I'm going to have to use my two minutes to address the most egregious of them. The plan was the product of eight years of work by those who live, work, and play in South of Market. The Western Soma plan opens up one-third of the plan area to fully permitted entertainment, far more than you'll find in District 8 or District 9. But because of pressure from the entertainment lobby and those beholden to it, 
Supervisor Kim felt compelled to shoehorn this essentially incompatible zoning into the neighborhood. If the Western Soma plan had been adopted as originally written, this club and every other club on 11th Street would have been grandfathered in and there would be no buffer zones to worry about. The Western Soma plan is predicated on the need for everyone to be a good neighbor. Sure, there have to be rules, since when is it supposed to be easy to open a nightclub? But some tough rules apply to the neighbors as well. Whether you're in Pacific Heights or the Castro or south of Market, we're all bound by one big idea. Everybody is entitled to the peaceful and quiet use and enjoyment of their home. And if you don't respect that, regardless of what they do today, every neighbor has the right to haul your butt into small claims court, where neither your Facebook friends nor Scott Weiner can help you. As I said, if the Western Soma plan had been adopted as we wrote it, there would be no buffer zones to worry about. It was our desire to welcome new forms of entertainment into our neighborhood. Eklina, I hope you're prepared to become a part of this community. Step one, be a good neighbor. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next speaker. So this is coming, uh, Jane came and uh, Michael had. Uh, you told me this is a uh, planning call, nighttime entertainment. One, uh, one time was a uh, nighttime entertainer at a Manhattan restaurant performing the, the singing song of uh, El Presley, uh, Brian Manilow, uh, uh, Scott, I mean, no, uh, Paul McCartney. So uh, actually I can sing a few songs, you know. Uh, I understand. At night time, it's only restaurant places for people to go. You know, only restaurants. No, not so many people would like to go to uh, anime theater, movie anymore. No, uh, no uh, good movie uh, happening nowadays. You know, see. Uh, this is we shall, my bell, someday gone to get numb, get numb some. Hey, they get numb some. I love you, I love you, I love you. That's only what I should say. I shall love you always until the universal passes away. That put it into the end, my me shall. See, I'm going to tell you, I can sing some songs. But no, this is only for, uh, like, uh, Restaurant like Japan Center, Chinatown, uh, Sunset Richmond, oh, Fillmore, everywhere, just restaurant. It's hard for people to, to, to go and move this. If the movie don't give me like, you know, how would you spend hours you know, in dark, dark area, you know, in front of the screen, so moving, moving things, so you don't really enjoy. So likewise for a theater, I mean, a, a opera, you know, not something we enjoy like a, a ballet or or, or that, you know. So uh, I mean, to my point of view, it's only restaurant should be in promotion for the uh, nighttime. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Next speaker. I'm Alfonso Orsini. I'm head of school at Presidio Knoll School. I want to thank you for putting forth this amendment to support the growth of our school, which is growing rapidly, about 40 students a year. And we also will be good neighbors and bring a lot to the community. And I'm happy that our two causes are joined together. I think that's a nice juxtaposition. That's very, very San Francisco, I think. Very San Francisco. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Is there any additional public comment on item number one? Seeing none, public comment is closed. <laughs> Supervisor Kim. Thank you. I want to thank everyone that came out for public comment, and I agree with um, Alfonso. It's a very nice pairing, um, but really speaks to, I think, the very difficult balance that we were trying to maintain in this community plan, which is that so many uses want to be in Western Soma, whether it's PDR manufacturing, schools, entertainment, residential, and office. Um, and so that's why I think the plan just 
uh, had, had just layers of zoning um, throughout the neighborhood to really be able to make sure that we were um, creating the mixed, uh, the mixed use neighborhood that Western Soma is known for. Um, I, I do want to address the point on the 11th Street corridor because it was, it was a it was part of the plan that our office spent so much time on last year. And, and the change was really this. It's true that originally we were going to grandfather in all the existing uses, including the Oasis Club, but we were worried that there would be conflicts in that zoning um, with potential residential coming to 11th Street. And I know that not every resident's uh, nightclub um, relationship is the nightmare story that we heard with the one particular resident that lived across the street from Slim's um, and then was basically shutting down that club um, every other night. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we weren't inviting more residents to come into the neighborhood um, that may not be ready um, for, for the corridor that had historically always been there. And so the change to WMUO was really to make sure that we were allowing office, which we thought was a more compatible um, use along with entertainment. And we had extended it to the parcel across the street on 11th Folsom, including actually the very, very large Mercedes-Benz um, parcel, which is actually great potentially for residential in the future. But we really thought that it was important to create a good buffer um, for the entertainment corridor that we wanted to ensure had a long, long um, future, as well as the history that it already had. Um, I th it was really a mix-up um, with the buffer and, and, the ch and the WMUO zoning change. It was always our intention for Oasis when we looked at the map for that to continue its entertainment use. So I'm really glad that we were able to clean that up. Very excited about Tranny Shack turning 21 on Folsom and 11th. Um, looking forward to becoming legal um, and also looking forward to the growth of Presidio Knowles, um, Mandarin Immersion, K-8. We really need another school in the South of Market neighborhood. I hear it all the time from our residents. So really glad that we are going to be able to include you um, in our family. Um, so colleagues, uh, again, ask for your positive recommendations so we can move this forward to the full Board of Supervisors. Okay. Is that a motion? Yes. Okay, uh, the motion is to move item one forward to the full board, uh, and is that as a committee report? Yes. Okay, so the motion is uh, to forward item one to the full board of supervisors with positive recommendation as a committee report. Can we take that motion without objection? Yes. That will be the order. <clears throat> okay, Madam Clerk, can you please call item number two? Item number two is the ordinance amending the administrative code to add web series to the schedule of film production fees and notice requirements. Okay, and Supervisor Cohen is the yes. author of item number two. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you, colleagues, for hearing this item today. So the legislation before us today um, will require filming companies to provide notification to neighboring businesses and residents within a 150-foot um, radius should their filming production activity uh, be expected to close streets or to obstruct traffic or um, take up public parking spots. It also adds um, web series to the schedule of film production use. You should have received in front of you um, a few proposed technical amendments to the legislation which increases the neighborhood notification lead time from 24 hours to 72 hours, which I understand from the city attorney are non-substantive. <laughs> Thank you. 
Uh, we've recently seen an increase in the number of film productions actually across the entire city. While it's a great thing that our city is highlighted in, in movies and commercials and, that are seen around the world, it is equally important that we, that we provide ample notice and information to residents as well as the businesses that might be impacted by these filming productions. So many of these productions result in closures of heavily utilized streets and areas that can often cause unnecessary disruptions in uh, people's everyday lives. So I've heard from many of my constituents, and actually, ironically, many of yours, both from eight and from six, um, about concerns um, about the lack of outreach and notification to neighboring businesses and residents when film production is taking place in the neighborhood. So just in the last few weeks alone, while finalizing this legislation, we've dealt with the removal of more than 50 parking spots in the Potrero Hill neighborhood for um, uh, removal of 50 parking spots for, for the duration of three months with no advance outreach to the neighbors or the businesses. And just yesterday, one of my staff members received a posted notice that there will be a parking removal and limited access to streets in Mission, in the Mission neighborhood tomorrow without requiring the 72-hour parking removal signs being posted. So it's really my hope that this legislation will bridge this communication gap and provide residents and businesses the, um, the information that, that they need to ab ably prepare for any disruptions caused by the film production companies. We do have a representative from the Film Commission staff here that's available to answer any questions should you have any. I would like to invite, um, oh, Susanna, you're here. Oh, okay. We're postponing our commission meeting. We have yes, a there's a film right commission now, meeting going on simultaneously, so it was, she wasn't sure she was going to be here, but she's here to join us. Thank you for being here. Thank you. So um, we've been working with Supervisor Cohen's office on this, and I do understand uh, the desire for notification to uh, neighborhoods and uh, merchants and residents about filming, which is done, I have to say, most of the time under our general guidelines. I do understand Supervisor Cohen's desire to have this written into the um, code. However, I would request that we um, consider reverting back to the original 24-hour notice when feasible as opposed to 72. And uh, the reasons why are that um, very often with feature films, there's generally more lead time for a production. They're, they come into town, you know, a month in advance very often. They take a lot more time to actually set up their shoots because they're actually going to be here longer. When we have commercial shoots, very often they are coming in with less than a week time of actually looking for their locations confirming their locations, negotiating the contract with the location, and actually shooting the location. Sometimes that location manager is working with one set of locations, and then the director comes in two days before and says, it's not going to work, I need this other thing. So that might cause a change in the ability to notify as far as 72 hours in advance. Other things which can um, affect a production's ability to notify 72 hours in advance would be that um, an actor is not available suddenly because they're ill or another scheduling problem, and so the production would have to actually cancel what they had intended that day. And because they've hired all this staff, they'll very often go and they'll shoot a different 
scene with a different actor that's available at that time. So it might be at a different location as well. And they'll come back and do what they had originally scheduled that day. Um, a flight could be canceled that cancels that shoot for that day. Um, weather impact, if it's raining and not that we've had any rain lately, but it does happen. Um, that can also affect a production's ability to shoot on the day when they expect it, and so they have to push it to the next day when they have good weather. Um, it could be even that construction, which all the construction that's going on in the city, construction going on nearby that the production hadn't anticipated can cause noise issues, um, so they can't record sound. We've also had times when, unfortunately, um, both the construction project and our project have been given approval for no parking in the same spot, and suddenly it, the production can't shoot there. That has come up. So um, my request would be that we continue with the 24-hour notice because I think that then we're more likely to be able to meet that deadline with more um, accuracy and percentage numbers and people will be generally happier than if we say 72 hours and we have more frequent times when that 72 hour notice is not met. One thing I would like to point out um, about the notice for um, no parking restrictions in um, areas where there is posted, where there's no meters and we need to post no parking, the general transportation code rule is 72 hours in advance. However, there is a clause in the transportation code, section 3.4, that gives the film commission the ability to post uh, 24 hours in advance of these parking restrictions. So it seems like this would be in line with that exception to the transportation code. Can, um, can I just ask a couple questions? Um, so the way I read the language, it says the film company shall, when feasible, mm -hmm. at least 72 hours in advance. And so that, to me, reads that if there is, if it's not feasible, if a flight is canceled or there's rain or you know, whatever, any of the number of reasons that I, I can easily cause a delay, I would think that that would mean give flexibility to the commission to say it's no longer feasible to do 72 hours, but if you could just respond to that. To that. Well, I, I think it, it does say, yeah, there is that when feasible, which we appreciate that leeway there, but I just think that we'll have, um, I would think that you would be disappointed in the um, amount of productions that will not be able to do the 72-hour um, notification due to unexpected changes and that's why I ask that we try to do something that we can agree that we can meet more often than not um, with the 24-hour window. I mean we do encourage productions to um, do notification more than 24 hours in advance but I, I just feel like it's important to not um, set a bar that wouldn't be achieved well. And then another uh question is, other, what do other cities uh, do here, other cities that have robust uh, filming? Do we know how much what their other What their other notification policies yeah. are? Um, I'm sad to say I don't have that information with me at this okay. time. And every I can get that for you. Every city is unique and has different parking challenges, of course. Um, 
And then, uh, so have we, I've not heard this in my district, although I, it's not to say that it has, isn't happening, but are, are people getting uh, towed? We discourage towing, um, and there have been occasions when people have been towed, but it's really uh, the exception to the rule. Okay. And what happens also um, is the officer who's with the film will run the plates. They will call the owner. They will, if, the, if it's nearby, they'll go knock on the door. They make every attempt to find the owner to actually move the car before towing. And very often, location managers anyway will say, we can work around it, and they figure out a way with the production mm -hmm. to work around that. Okay. And I, and I ask because obviously, um, uh, you know, there's the inconvenience factor of knowing that, hey, these spots are going to be unavailable in these days, but if someone gets towed, that's a whole different level right. of uh, impact and frustration. And I could see with 24 hours notice, someone could easily miss that if they're they're away if they just haven't driven their not driving driving their car that day and then all of a sudden it's 24 hours and then uh, they get towed or if they're away they may not be available to move the car even and and I guess the the benefit of 72 hours is because you're not allowed to leave your car in one spot for right. more than 72 hours anyway exactly. at, at that point you're you know you shouldn't be doing that uh, to begin with so well, they, I, so maybe then a question for the author. And I noticed that in the original version it said 24 hours, and then it was changed to 72 hours. If you could maybe talk about the rationale for that, and then also um, in terms of the the when feasible language, in terms of your uh, expectation as author, because um, it would seem to me there will be circumstances where they can't do 72 hours notice, and this reads to me like it's giving them flexibility. Um, but we also want to make sure that. Uh, that neighbors don't see the 72 hours and focus on that and say, you know, anytime there's deviation from that, you know, people, you know, can get, you know, become unhappy to say, wait, they violated 72 hours and they don't take that seriously and so on. So if you can maybe just talk about the rationale for, for this particular sure. time period. So how we came to decide on the 72-hour notification um, <clears throat> was pretty, pretty organic and it actually came from the community on up. Um, we met with the Film Commission, and, and, and they suggested 24 hours, and we were amenable, and we said, okay, we'll go, we'll go with that. But upon further review, um, and it was really from a lot of the constituents, they were the ones that requested, and, and they're also the ones that are most impacted by this particular legislation, as well as the filming. Um, uh, they asked us a question, which I thought was a very valid one, um, why 24 hours were in every other part of the city at 72? And I think that's a very real um, really very real universal requirement um, space permits issued by TPW require notification of 72 hours in advance of occupancy um, for the authorized for the permit this is no different it's unfair to think that someone can leave their car on the street um, say they're going on vacation and they'll be back within the 72 hour window but um, which is permitted by city law but then can come back and find that their car has been towed because of filming notification if that makes sense. That's a hypothetical example that has actually um, has happened. I gave an example in my opening remarks where as uh, one of my aides who lives in the mission got uh, less than a 24-hour notice that parking is going to be um, 
um, unavailable. Here's another example. We wake up and 50 spots in front of World Gym is um, signs have been designated that it's going to be unavailable. Um, so the issue really has to do with notification. And it, you heard from the department themselves. They admitted that they have a internal policy. All I'm merely doing is codifying it. I think that this piece of legislation would go a long way in strengthening the relationship between the neighborhood as well as in the film commission with clear, um, clearly expressed standards as to what is a bit, what is legal um, notification and what is not. And again, this notification is based on what we use across the entire city. And in terms of the phrase when feasible, um, can you talk about what your intention is of obviously you're, it's pro providing some flexibility. It's providing some flexibility because I understand from um, from the film commission is what how they've communicated to me that um, things change, and um, but I. I, I, I don't think it's fair that constituents should be, f should face the brunt of the inconvenience because things change because of um, an actor is sick, to stick with the um, example that was given earlier. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? You, I, my hearing is really bad and I wear hearing aids, sorry, so I didn't hear that last part. Sure, but so said, when feasible, when it was drafted, it was to provide a little bit of a flexibility, but um, it's my hope that the 72 hours should be in good faith. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I think in, it seems to me that 72 hours is reasonable for the reasons we've described. But I also, I just want to make sure that knowing that I, I think we want filming to happen in the city and knowing that things do happen. Um, I'm not, yeah, obviously we want people to act, operate in good faith and not just say, oh, it's not feasible when it clearly was. Um, but knowing that, you know, s stuff happens where there are times where you can't give 72 hours. Um, the way I read this is that that would give the Film Commission the flexibility yes. to do, I think, what you're saying uh, um, is the current policy, that you can deviate from, you can deviate from it when there's a reason to, to do that, and which would typically be something like one of the many reasons why you know, the, uh, a change in location, weather, cancellation, um, and so forth. So I read this as providing the Film Commission with the, the flexibility. With the desire. Yeah, uh, with the flexibility, you know, of course, in good faith to, to make those adjustments if the 72 hours doesn't work. That's how I read it. Okay. I've already given my arguments, so I don't yeah. know what else I can say. But thank you for hearing my request. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, uh, if there are no other comments, um, we'll open up public comment on item number two. I have two public comment cards, PJ Johnston and Lauren Machado. Um, I, I, I haven't called oh, your name. Contemplation, contemplation. Sir, sir I haven't call, I've, call, I've called, you, no, you, you should uh, step back. I've called some cards. If you, you can either fill out a card or you can wait for them to finish and then you can speak. Mr. Johnston. I just want to let you know I have to run to our commission meeting. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. I'll be back there to meet quorum as soon as possible. Thank you, Supervisors. Good to see you. I'm PJ Johnston. I'm a member of the San Francisco Film Commission. Uh, I also uh, served in um, Susanna's role many years ago as Executive Director of the San Francisco Film Commission. And I'm not necessarily going to uh, uh, challenge the wisdom of codifying something that is a best practice. Um, it, I, I think I get the drift of where the panel is going. Um, but I do want to say that uh, there is a, a 
streak in this city that sometimes uh, runs through the community, uh, through the body politic, and into uh, City Hall as well. And that is, as it relates to things like filming in the city, you're a little bit damned if you do, damned if you don't. We all, uh, as, a, as a matter of public policy, um, like to say we support filming in San Francisco, but we tend to focus on real high-profile things like Disney movies or, or Godzilla or things like that that, uh, that frankly are not the real issue in this case for, for the most part. They, they sur uh, shoot for a few days, they have plenty of notice, they have big operations, uh, they do most of their stuff downtown on the weekends anyway, which is mostly uh, very quiet. But we actually have a thriving independent film community here, and we have photographers, and we have still photography, and we have commercials that are important not just creatively for the city, um, and so we should support them, but it's not just the neighbors uh, and the constituents who want to have a parking space on the public street of San Francisco, uh, but the constituents most affected by these decisions actually are the working people in the film industry. I think Local 16 members and many others who, um, you know, people forget about. This is very much a working class community of workers in San Francisco who depend on this filmmaking industry. And while we have seen an uptick in the last couple of years, thankfully, we're nowhere near where we were. Uh, so, um, Mr. Johnson, if, you, if I could just ask you sort of along the same lines as my questions uh, before, just about yeah. the, you know, again, how I read this, because I, I just want to be very, very clear. The, the way that I read this, as one of the people who will be voting on this, yeah. is this gives the Film Commission very broad discretion to uh, reduce the 72 hours where it's not feasible. And feasibility, something could be not feasible for a lot of different reasons. And of course, I agree with Professor Cohen, it has to be in good faith, and I know it will be in good faith. Um, but this seems to me to provide very significant discretion. I understand, and I'll come at that in just a couple of quick ways. Um, one is that it's, as uh, our executive director pointed out, it sets up a level of expectations that, frankly, we're concerned about being thwarted um, by practical reality. And we don't have a city operation where PG&E and DPW and, you know, who, whoever else may be cutting up the streets or utilizing the streets at a given time are perfectly in sync with the other permitting operations going around in the city. So we often do come into conflict and things have to change. Certainly that is a special circumstance we can invoke the, uh, the discretion. Um, and so I'm not going to argue with the common sense nature of that. But in practice, what you have in the city actually is quite a bit of constituent work that goes into every single, every single shoot in this town. And so anything that casts a shadow on the importance uh, of filmmaking in San Francisco makes that interaction with the community that much harder. So I just w would caution that we want to support this industry, and yet the reputation San Francisco fights every day as it relates to the entertainment industry, is that we're a difficult place to shoot. We're an expensive place to shoot. We're an expensive place to stay. We're a union town. We have, uh, shall we say, a very high-maintenance um, uh, population. And, you know, I'm just making my case that I think we, uh, as a body politic, certainly us, we commissioners, 
um, do our best to invoke the importance of this industry. And, and so that's the point I would make. And so just to be, so right now, um, can, can you, and again, I, I know you're not, you're a commissioner, but you've, you've been at this for a long time, so you know as much as anyone. In terms of what the process is right now, and I just know just from interacting with constituents, but it tends to be on larger uh, productions where there's a lead time. Yeah. Um, but um, how much notice is typically given now? And I apologize, Supervisor, if you mentioned this in your opening comments okay. and I just missed it. Yeah, I mean, I don't have data to, no. to rely upon. But certainly with a larger production that's going to use, say, 50 spaces in front of a gym, uh, that's in the works for quite a long time. And, and the you know actual 150-foot zone might shift and come into place at the very end. But usually those are typically... Um, you know, have a lot of time. What we're really talking about is the is the smaller shoots, um, the ones that have to deal with um, competing elements, either like construction or weather. Um, I actually don't think it's a great example. I wouldn't have used it of the actor getting sick because we all, um, uh, you know, picture, uh, you know, Meryl Streep or Woody Allen who who just have the sniffles and that inconveniences the whole neighborhood. It's actually. Um, you know, the real-life things that can come up with any shoot, and the smaller the shoot, the more vulnerable it is. Yeah, and I, uh, and, you know, I, I would, uh, and I agree with you, the, big, the bigger ones, it's less of an issue. They have, the, you know, a lot of the capacity to deal I, with these actually, things. I, actually, I really need to jump in here because uh, when, you're, when you're done, I'd like yeah, to speak to that issue. Sure. Thank you. And I, in terms of the smaller shoots, I mean, I, I, we obviously need to be, uh, make sure that they are, I mean, that could be a significant thing to say uh, you have to postpone the entire shoot. But, but again, I, I, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm stuck on this. The, the feasibility language seems to me pretty broad discretion. But Supervisor Cohen? Yes, thank you. Actually, you know, when you, when you, in the example that I, that I said that you referenced also, um, Mr. Johnson, about 50 places that, uh, 50 spots to be taken off of, and let's be clear, on a major intersection, a 16th in Dejaro, that would have been, in, that would have been um, in, uh, in the works for, for, for uh, weeks. But the reality is that hasn't. So from my perspective, it, whether it's a large production or a small production, I'm just looking for consistency in noticing. That's it. So in the time that I've lived personally on the Hill in the last four years, as well as um, from folks that I have heard from um, who have lived on for many numerous years of the Hill, that, that it's been inconsistent. And um, the Film Commission, its office itself, has had inconsistency in leadership and direction. So what I'm looking to do is whether I'm the supervisor or not, and whether um, the uh, Director Upton is the, the director or not, is that there is a standard that is a established and, and the neighbors as well as the people in the industry will have to come, will, will come to know and will come to respect. 72 hours is noticing. We, I feel like I did throw you guys a bone and have that clause in there for, the, for flexibility. I'm happy to take it out if that would, you know, I mean, there's a lot of conversation about it, but I mean, we can take it out. <laughs> but um, it's really coming to this on, um, on trying to figure out what exactly is the balance. I understand that the city is looking to increase more filming, and I've been a part of and I've had cast many votes to support this um, recognition that Supervisor Farrell in particular has been championing, as you know, uh, representing other parts of, of, um, of District 10. I mean, we've got large industrial spaces as well that um, I've tried to help the Film Commission um, use as a resources for filming and staging and, and all that 
stuff that comes goes along with the industry. So I don't want to be painted here as as, a, as an enemy to the film commission. Really, this is um, not the case. I'm just trying to be very level-handed and um, fair across the entire city. We've got a standard when it comes to noticing. All I'm asking is that we have it consistently applied to a specific industry where it hasn't been consistently applied, and that's 72 hours. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Uh, next speaker. Contemplation from that all the way to war management. So how, how can one uh, say, starting from contemplation, internal uh, contemplation for the life and passage with a without mistake for one person can lead all the way to world management. See, remember Boosie's movie, you know, uh, the time that uh, before the 30 years of uh, Microsoft uh, and Apple as uh, a computer uh, industry, technology. See, the, at that time of the Boosie's uh, military fire is no longer, no longer can be in good use down in society. It's the, the time of a little fire, you know, at the towers. Business then, of all of the, the Victorian secret, there's no more secret. However, a thousand still has lots of secret. So, I remember, uh, like, uh, 50 years ago, usually my father, you know, he would, after work, uh, take the, uh, ferry, star ferry, from the county side of Hong Kong, every, almost many nights, to practice the, the holy practice of, uh, San Buddhist, uh, San, uh, meditation, you know. That's fun for us, you know, life, you know. And uh, for me, after my father, you know, the same coloration, the Genesis Temple, see. Uh, people like to see a movie, only want to look up uh, people with good worldly talent with the harmony capability of uh, uh, achieve, achievement of one's uh, holy credits in terms of uh, holy practice. We do this out. And on to like, a, for example, for example, like, a, uh, I will see a movie like, uh, uh, Mr. Strabiner, Trevisor, uh, the transition, uh, from a San Francisco to a warm Italy, a pop, for example, just make a summer. See, uh, to be the pop, uh, uh, then if it's 10,000 steps in between the scene, they will make it, you know, by different movies. For example, for example. Next speaker. Hello, my name is Lauren Machado. I work for the Film Commission as well. You probably got email notifications from me at some point. Um, I'm here just to answer questions really quickly about the notification process that we currently have. We're three people in an office, so myself and my colleague Maggie are the ones that actually send out notices right now via email, in person, with paper, with our locations teams. Um, but I want to speak to the consistency in notices, which is a key point that we agree we need some as well. And I do, we fully respect the line of when feasible. That is crucial to our work. The comments that you're making about the feasibility, Supervisor Wiener, um, we want to increase that feasibility. So when we bring up these problems that come in to play, you know, 48 hours prior to a shoot date, that makes us that, it makes it that much less feasible for us to notify properly. We don't want to not notify. We want to have that consistency as well. So the reason we are stressing the 72 hours is really so we have a high percentage of feasibility. That's the key. So regardless of, of whether it's 72 hours or 24 hours, we want to notify. We're not trying to withhold any information, and we think info is power, and it actually increases um, the respect for filming in the city. So 
basically, the consistency in notices will increase if we have the opportunity for a 24-hour time frame. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, is there any additional public comment on item number two? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Okay, uh, it's back in the hands of the committee. Uh, Mr. Gidner, I, I, I don't know if you would, if you can speak to this, but the, the when feasible language, can you just tell us what that, does it mean what I think it means, as I described earlier? I, w I think it means what you think it means. Uh, the the arts commission has authority. I'm sorry, the film commission has authority to adopt rules and regulations as well regarding um, filming, and could, following the adoption of this ordinance, adopt guidance or 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 more formal regulations to specify uh, the types of instances when someone could provide less than 72 hours. But generally. Uh, I think your description of the of the term is accurate. So the the commission could adopt uh, regulations uh, saying, okay, it's 72 hours, but these are the general types of occurrences that could make it not feasible, and for which we'll consider um, a shorter period. That's right. Okay. Professor Cohen. You know, maybe to and hearing the the discussion here today why don't we take out the feasibility uh phrase until we can put and we can add it in later when there's more of definition around what constitutes um or what will measure up to feasibility and and then go with the 24 hours or 72 we'll hours stick with the 72 hours okay if uh, it's presenting just a lot of questions we should just easily remove it okay i i i would I, I would not be supportive of removing the feasibility language. I think that I, I think that the commission should have uh, flexibility. Supervisor Kim, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I really didn't have strong feelings either way just because it's not something that I've heard to a great extent from our neighborhood residents. So I don't think I've had as much time to think about this issue as both of you have. Um, I was going to defer to the author, but I'm happy to consider um, I, you know, I'm happy to consider your amendment. I'm just not ready right oh, now. Right. Oh, no, actually, it's um, what I was proposing. There was a lot of uh, consternation around um, the feasibility. What would constitute what's feasible and what's not feasible? And what I was saying is, is I'm happy to take that out of the language so that it's very clear. The issue that we're dealing with here is just noticing that would require the film commission to be, to be consistent with our city noticing laws of 150 foot radius um, with a 72 hour uh, feasibility, uh, excuse me, a 72 hour um, notice to the public that um, parking is going to be, that the street is going to be closed or parking is going to be taken off or something along the lines um, as a compromise I included a clause that said as long as it what, what exactly what line is this in the when, when feasible when page three feasible. lines 18 to 19 in, in the in the amendments in, yes in the amendments that we're discussing here today so um, what supervisor Wiener is saying page is that three line um, 18, 18. 18. Uh, on the printed version of the uh, that's in front of you I'm, sorry. I'm looking at my version that was the printed version is the most current version So um, I'm happy to withdraw my motion to withdraw the feasibility um, 
clause and keep it in there, keep the legislation as you have it in front of you today that you've reviewed. So, what's um, oh. well, I think what's most important is, is that there's a 72-hour noticing. That's where my priorities are. And I, too, like I said, as a compromise, included the feasibility clause so that it would remain flexible. So, I mean, there's a lot of questions, a lot of discussion around it. So I believe that that flexibility is important to maintain so that we don't stifle the film commission. So I'm asking for your support today to change from a noticing from 24 hours to 72 hours prior to start of any production. So I, I think the 72 hours makes sense. Okay. Um, I, I don't have an issue with that. I certainly think it's good to have notice. Um, I, what's at issue is the when feasible, right? Because I think there's an agreement that if you can do it 72 hours in advance that you should. So the question is, um, how often is that not feasible? That is the question. And, and I think that the, and the, the, I think that the two sides of this discussion are, um, uh, you know, I, what I've said, and it sounds like we're in agreement, I think the city attorney is that the phrase when feasible gives pretty broad discretion to the film commission mm -hmm. for the many varied things that can come up that we can't even anticipate uh, to grant an exception. But I think what the commission is saying is that their concern is if they start granting a lot of those, then it looks like it can it can it could look to neighbors like the 72 hours is meaningless and you're just getting around you know getting around the rules and so uh, that that seems to be the two sides uh, of the argument. I, I'm uh, very supportive of keeping when feasible, um, but I mean I do understand the the commission's uh, concern. But on the other hand, I I think this gives them a lot of uh, leeway uh, to adopt uh, rules or guidelines so that filmmakers, including small ones, uh, know what the rules are and know how to seek an exemption if they uh, need to. I should have another question for the commission. Maybe Mr. Shadi can answer this. Uh, are you, are Film Commission, uh, is, is there like a staff person who is on call even on the weekends or evenings? Because I know there's evening and weekend filming. Mm -hmm. And so if, uh, let's say, is there always someone who, who if they need to, let's say, get an exception? Like, let's say mm -hmm. uh, there was, um, on Wednesday they gave 72-hour notice, or let's say on Thursday they gave 72-hour notice for a Sunday filming, and then on Friday night, or Saturday morning, uh, they learn that there's something totally unexpected that happens mm -hmm. that uh, means that they have to um, uh, change it. I'm, I'm getting my days mixed up, probably. Yeah, no. But let's assume, <laughs> let's assume it, that, they, that they have to take action on a day that's not 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um, is there someone that they can always contact to make that exception? Yes. I mean, we do have, uh, so Susanna, who was in here earlier, okay. our executive director, we, uh, we give them our cell phones okay. because this comes up all the time and we really aren't a 9 to 5. We right. are very, you know, that's part of the production world that's that's what happens is people call on a Friday evening saying, like this weekend, for instance, looking our HBO series, they call me on a Friday night, says we, uh, we have to film and we have to start at 4 a.m. next Tuesday. I need your help to start the signature survey process for us, which basically means they go around and they ask each resident for permission to film uh, before the 7 a.m. Noise, noise ordinance hours. So long story short, they, they do come with changes and we work extremely hard to make sure notifying is occurring and when we have to require them to ask permission of starting early, that's what they do. So we are on call, but again, 
they call us on a Friday evening, and that's we're scrambling to make the changes. So again, the when feasible is very, very much appreciated, and that is the only way we can continue to encourage people to shoot here. Yeah. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you for answering that. Supervisor Cohen, what's your name? Is this from before? Or? Um, no, it's my new cue. <laughs> Thank Excellent. you. Um, you know, I think one thing, one of the challenges here is that um, there's no, there's no, there's very little data or, or um, there are a lot of anecdotal examples that are given of a call that was given, made that was last Friday. I've, I've got my own experiences f from, um, from parking being, or for notification not happening in an adequate way. Again, the this purpose of this legislation is to require the Film Commission to do something that they are, they are already doing. They admitted it here in this hearing today, and they do give a notice. We want to be consistent with that notice. Um, and it has now raised concerns that, from my perspective, that um, that there may be abuse to the when feasible clause which is why I'd like to have it taken out. I understand you said that you no. would not support it, but I'd like to make a motion that we take out um, when feasible um, on a page three item, excuse me, line 18 and the beginning part of line 19. Okay, so, you, so um, right now you have um, the amendments in general that you're, well, you were today going to offer an amendment to change 24 okay. hours to 72 hours. Correct. So you're actually then, you're going to be proposing two amendments. One is to change 24 hours to 72 hours. Yeah, uh, one right. is to uh, strike when feasible. That's correct. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, is that a motion? That is a motion. Okay, and Mr. Gibner, are either of those amendments substantive? No, you can make both of those amendments and pass it out today. Okay. Um, uh, I was uh, prepared to support changing 24 hours to 72 hours. I'm not prepared to support uh, uh, change or striking when feasible, I think it will hamstring uh, the ability of the commission to uh, to be flexible with productions, especially the smaller productions. But frankly, either smaller or larger, and uh, so I won't be supporting that motion. But uh, I uh, that those that's my perspective. Thank you. Supervisor Kim? So I'll support that motion. Um, my understanding is that there is some flexibility that's already written into the ordinance. However, I think it's, you know, we'll have a week before it comes back to the full board to kind of work out any of the kinks. And I'd like to pass this ordinance out of the Land Use Committee today. So I'm happy to support that motion. We can take, I guess, roll, roll call, call on that. Great, thank you. Yes, so on the motion by uh, Supervisor Cohen to uh, make uh, those amendments as described uh, to item number two. Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll? Mm -hmm. Supervisor Cohen? Aye. Cohen, aye. Supervisor Kim? Aye. Kim, aye. And Chair Weiner? No. We have two ayes and one no. Okay, so the amendment is adopted. Okay, uh, Supervisor Cohen, do you want to make a motion on item two? Yes, um, I would like to make a motion on item two. Um, A motion to adopt the amendments. The amendments have been adopted. So a motion to move it out of committee with a positive recommendation. Okay. There's a motion to uh, move item uh, number two uh, to the full board with positive recommendation. Um, uh, I will 
not be able to support that motion given the striking of the words uh, when feasible. I do support this legislation in general. Um, but I, I, as I mentioned before, that I think that to me, um, uh, I, I think it's good, that Supervisor Cohen, that you put that in there, and I hope it will come back. Um, so with that, I will not be able to vote for uh, the motion, but with that caveat. And I do hope that over the next uh, eight days, there will be continuing conversations to see if we can come up with a, a workable solution, because uh, the film industry is very important in the city for the reasons that were described. We also want to make sure that it's being conducted in a way that works for uh, for our neighborhoods. Uh, so I do appreciate the work that you and your office have put into this uh, item. Uh, so, uh, Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll on the motion to forward item two to the full board with positive recommendation? Supervisor Cohen? Aye. Cohen, aye. Supervisor Kim? Aye. Kim, aye. And Chair Wiener? No. No. Chair Wiener, no. Two ayes, one no. Okay, the motion is adopted. Madam Clerk, is there any additional business before the committee? There's no further business. Uh, then we are adjourned.